0: Thank you to everyone who supports this show and all the shows on the Major Spoilers podcast network. If you are not already, you can become a Major Spoilers member by signing up at Patreon.com/slash MajorSpoilers. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later.
1: I'm Matthew. I'm Ashley. Rodrigo.
0: And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans.
2: In this issue, Motor Crush, what is your price for flight and finding Mr. Right? We'll be all right tonight with a full array of comics news reviews from the four corners of the globe and at least three different states, and the quality conversations you've come to love from the Major Spoilers crew. Plus, Motor Crush, where you going, what you looking for, wherever that may be, you've come to the right place, because the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air...
0: Welcome to issue 865 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and checking us out this week. As we promised, uh, we will talk about Motor Crush a little bit later in the show. But first, how about we talk a little bit of industry news? Uh, this broke Friday afternoon just moments before Ashley and I sat down to record Finally Friday, a live show that uh, that I do every Friday, 4 o'clock p.m. Central Time. You can check it out at twitch.tv slash Major Spoilers. We'd love to have you over there and join in the conversation But uh, Ashley, uh, Dan Dan DiDio, see, even I can't say it right. Dan DiDio (laughs) was kicked out of DC Comics uh, Friday morning, and it took everybody by surprise.
3: Yes, including us. And we spent most of Finally Friday being like, I don't even know what to think. What's happening? And then we've had a couple official statements since then. But I still feel like, I don't really know what's happening. Yeah, and
0: and I don't know if we've really had any. uh, Has there been some official official statements? Because the only thing that I saw was uh, Dan DiDio. All the
3: articles that said Dan DiDio made an official statement was just him putting out that video talking about uh, his passion for comics. But, uh, I mean, apparently that is his official statement which yeah. is fair. It's yeah. a very nice statement Yeah, <laughs> dated perhaps.
0: Well, I mean, that's fine too. I mean, uh, that's, that's the way he's coping right now. I mean, the Friday afternoon while we were doing the show live, apparently he updated his uh, Facebook uh, page uh, photo twice once with, I believe his wife. And then another time of him uh, drinking a drink on the deck of a boat overlooking the water. Um, nice. But again, there has not been any official press release or announcement from DC Comics or from Warner Brothers or from AT&T on this announcement. So when you see people going on and saying, hey, Dan Dadio was uh, fired because he's been protecting these horrible people at DC all these years. It could be true, but I mean, that's not anything anyone has said. Oh, everyone is out to get Dan DiDio because he's the worst person in the world. And so that's why they fired him. I mean, Yeah. That could be true, although he was the one that uh, brought in uh, 52. Of course, he's also the one that brought in Countdown and also Contagion and all that other stuff. Um, And Rebirth. And Rebirth, yeah. He's in charge of that, too. Oh, man. Uh, Dan Dio uh, was doing some tricky business. I mean, maybe, but there's nothing official on this. So I would encourage our listeners that when you hear... That Dan DeDio has been fired and no one is telling you why, then it's probably, I mean, it is maybe kind of our business uh, to know if, especially if we are investors or uh, in the company or if we are reporters, maybe so. But if there's not been an official statement, I think it is mm, a little bit dangerous and a little bit. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, irresponsible? Irresponsible to attribute reasons when you don't know the reason. Mm-hmm. So, what is what is everyone's reaction? I mean, Ashley, let's start with you since we just talked with you recently on this. What is your initial reaction on this news that Dan DeDio is no longer working at DC Comics?
3: I mean, I would still say that it is fairly shocking because Dan has been a backbone of DC for a long time, you know, and we've seen really wonderful things happen under his leadership, and we've seen things that I didn't like as much happen under his leadership, although in the interest of being fair and balanced, you can say that about anyone who's the head of mm-hmm. any company mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. say the same thing about, you know, CB Sabolsky over at Marvel on and on and on and on and on. No one is perfect. Um, what I think is the most interesting thing about this current state of events is it happened during, um, comics what pro. is, thank you so much comics mm-hmm. pro. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, a big convention season on the rise, which means that we have a lot of announcements that we're expecting to come out. Like the timing of it seems very, very bad. Yeah. So I, and, at least we could with,
0: say, we could say that this was a surprise for everyone because people at comics pro were not aware of this. Dan yeah. Dio is still listed as appearing on panels at the uh, the next convention that's coming up in a couple of weeks. What is that? Emerald City? Emerald City. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, because those would have been pitched in yes. October, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but what I think is change is always exciting as well. And I think that that's sort of the positive attitude that we have to have coming out of this. And we just have to hope that, you know, we're uh, Jeff is gone and Dan is gone. And so Jim is the one that's left. And so whoever comes to work alongside him or maybe take on the publisher role, hopefully they're exciting people as well.
0: Yeah. We'll get to that in, in a moment. Um, Matthew, but I heard from bad faith, a troll actor online that uh, this was something that has been planned all the time because uh, of, of everything that the, these reasons that I'm going to list.
2: That was my first response to the news that Dan was no longer with DC was, Oh my God. Now we get to listen to all these people explaining why they think it happened. And I feel like we're we're in a really weird kind of zone right now because a lot of people are in the um, what my brain automatically thinks of as the funereal stance of we never speak ill of those who are gone. Right. So you're like, "Oh, well, you know, it was great working with him. He was a nice guy in this." And occasionally, you do have people like, "I'm glad he's gone." I can't draw Oh, feet. and there were I definitely that guy. Oh,
0: Yeah, there're definitely a, a certain group of people that were all over the I'm glad he's gone bandwagon.
2: Sure. And you know, that's going to happen no matter who you are, but my big thing is we don't know why. And this is very important also. Everything that you hate about DC since 2004 cannot unequivocally Like, under no circumstances, statistically, can it all be Dan's fault. So even if you say, I hated everything about DC since 2004 when Dan took over as executive editor... You can't say that now everything's going to turn around and be fine because this one editorial voice is gone. Yeah, that's not how any of this works.
0: No, no. Uh, Change change (laughs) happens all the time. People move in and out of positions all the time. And just because uh, somebody decided that Dan may may or may not have been doing his job the way that that person thought that he should be doing his job as a publisher, uh, he was let go. Uh, One thing I do want to bring up, um, Rodrigo, maybe you can address this. We don't know what Dan DeDio is doing next. Uh, it has been confirmed that the Metal Men series will continue to be published through issue twelve to complete that twelve issue run. We know that. I mean,
3: there's a good there's a good chance too that those scripts are done and they're yeah. just in art phases. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah.
0: But we don't know where. I mean, Dan could land a job at Image Comics. Jan, Dan could land a job at Marvel. Dan could land a job as Boom Studios' new, um, you know, head of Hancho or whatever.
3: Dan also started his entertainment career working in television, so there's mm-hmm. a chance yeah. that he, you know, goes back to that and kind of mm-hmm. is like, okay, comics. I I take your sign from the universe. It was fun while it lasted, but
0: but there's you know, a good I'm chance. Now. There's a good chance, Rodrigo, that you're going to be crossing paths with Dan again in the future if you are in the industry. So, you think you should be bad mouthing somebody like that? I mean, I mean, it's certainly uh, your opinion to do it. I'm not saying people shouldn't express their their uh, thoughts, but.
1: Yeah. You know, there's a, I guess there's a certain level of professionalism that we expect even on social media, but I don't know. I, you know, some people are, uh, some people, their brand, their social media brand true. is to be jerks. True. So true, 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 true. that's probably not a big deal. I do think that it is very, like, people are like, why is Dan DiDio, why was Dan DiDio canned? And it's very likely that he wasn't. It's very likely that he quit, that he saw another opportunity and just, yeah, it maybe. just hasn't been announced yet where he's going.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I, I you know, I, I don't know Dan personally. I've never met him. Uh, mm-hmm. Every time I have seen him speak, anytime I've seen him do an interview, appear on a late night talk show, anytime that uh, you get, you know, uh, some, some message that he has read. He always seems very positive about comics. You can tell that he's very passionate about comics, So I can't I can't say whether Dan is a good person or a bad person. I have been reading comics since, uh, you know, the uh, the early 80s. uh, So I can see the directions that D.C. has gone, uh, both positive and negative. Um, And I've seen regime changes. I mean, um, you know, people weren't screaming. The sky was falling when Paul Levitz left. Um, But apparently Dan DiDio. I mean, I'm sure
3: somebody was was somewhere.
1: I'm
0: sure somebody was. But the Internet also (laughs) wasn't as big back then either. So.
3: Really, I,
1: I think the the most myopic thing that happens is that people think people who read comics think that you know your editor in chief or your publisher or whatever is let go because of like what they did to Batman. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, like yeah. or what they allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To happen on Batman, and it's not. Right. It could be sales. You know, it's like it could trickle I mean, down. It it's, could it's... be that they that they did get fired because. Uh, the books are underperforming, which can have something to do with the storylines that they allowed or didn't allow. But nobody like the the big wigs aren't like reading the comics and being like, I disagree with the portrayal of Booster Gold here. Dan Didio, you're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And so right. maybe No one's, like, no one's getting does. fired because of Rick Grayson, no matter right, what any right. of us think. Of so it. Uh, right. maybe I, I also
0: see some confusion, Ashley. And since you've worked for comic publishers, maybe mm-hmm. you can tell us what is the role of a publisher?
3: I mean, that's a very different question at DC than it is uh, when I w- I worked at Topgap, if anyone doesn't know. Um, and the role of a publisher is very much like that of uh, an executive producer or maybe a showrunner uh, for your TV lingo. They are not only working on the day-to-day, so they have the opportunity to check out scripts uh, to offer notes, to offer plot thoughts, to put down mandates. Um, but ultimately, they are there protecting the company's best interests. It's much more of a corporate-type uh, job than a creative job. I don't know why it's called publisher because I'm sure at some point they actually stood on the floor and said, okay, start the yeah, presses. Yeah, he, he
0: was probably the one cranking the print handle so it would press the ink to the paper, that kind of stuff. Right,
3: I'm yeah. sure like in Stanley's day that, that might have been a real <laughs> part of it. But now it's much more of a like, it's sort of like a brand safeguard. Yeah. Like they are there ostensibly and until such a time as someone decides that they're not or they decide they're not protecting the best interests of the brand as a whole. And we like to joke a lot about how DC is, it's all just Batman. And that's certainly part of it. But I mean, the health of DC Ah, uh, depends on just from the comic side. It depends on how Batman is doing, and Superman, and Wonder Woman, and DC Kids, and trades, and hardcovers, and th- so the publisher is the person who is quality control for all of those things. And then sometimes because they always go a little power mad. They'll make a book themselves. <laughs> I mean, that's just human nature. Well, no, I would no, too no, no. if I were the publisher. I, I, totally, I mean I totally not, understand that I'm not trying to be shady about it. No, I no, absolutely no. would too. That's, uh, a, that's a good
1: point though, that your majority of both publishers, editors in chief, I don't know, creator, creative directors mm-hmm. are, are writers or yeah. are writer illustrators. illustrators. Yeah. yeah. So you uh, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna wanna write because that's where they come from, right? You very rarely I don't know if you ever have get an editor in chief or a publisher who actually comes from like a different side of things, who is like a a book publisher. Give me a mm-hmm. nice
3: letterer for editor in chief. Yeah, 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 something <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, an anchor, right?
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: So is is Jeff Johns really out of D.C.? I know he went off to do his own thing and he finished up Doomsday he's, Clock. So but...
3: he's, not, he's not out of D.C., but he's not fulfilling the same role that he was uh, I don't remember what his title was. Is sorry, is a chief.
0: O oh, is a seat. Not COO.
3: CCO. Maybe creative officer. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, when you get to those corporate titles, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what all of them mean.
1: Right No. And uh, who's I, and who's above whom and whatever. Exactly. The title tells you nothing.
3: Uh, it just tells you that if they got an executive, they're making more money than you. Uh, no, I don't think he's out, but I, I think Jeff is trying to focus more. And I say this is I, I don't really know him personally, and it's not like I've spoken to him about it. But I think he's trying to focus more on the television and movie side of it. Yeah. It certainly seems um, I know he's quite involved with star. I think he's might be showrunning Stargirl. star Girl? Yes, um, I
0: believe you're right.
3: But I think that this I think that his shift in title and shift in position allowed him to split his interests a little bit more Yeah, uh, so I'm, and I'm, then somehow still keep that idea that that three Joker book is ever going to happen.
0: <laughs> I keep um, seeing a lot of people slide into my into my replies
3: in your DMs, s-
0: not in my DMs, thankfully, although I do have open DMs for people to reach out to me. Um, But I do see a lot of people just replying to me going, oh, man, I hope this means that Jeff Johns is going to be the new publisher of DC Comics.
3: I wouldn't hold your breath, kids.
0: Yeah. uh, People
3: also said Gil Simone should do it. And she was like, please stop. She was like, no way. I don't want to do that. So I mean, to be fair, I don't want to I don't want to do it either.
0: No, I don't. I I don't envy anybody who's in there. I
1: I, I, I I think think at some point. At some point, everybody's like, you know, if I had control of DC Comics, I would oh, do this course. and this and this. But I think about it, not not that they would ever come knocking for me, but I'm like, that sounds exhausting. That sounds yeah. like an absolutely exhausting and incredibly thankless job.
0: Oh, yeah. I, yeah it I, sounds
1: if... it sounds like a nightmare. I mean,
2: if you yeah. look at it this way if you've got, say, I don't know, a guy named Bob and he's writing a Bob Man, Bob and Harris? he's really, no, you know, your writer, <laughs> your writer, Bob. Bob, Bob Harris the is writer. a different guy. He's the editor-in-chief, I think. Um, But you got your writer writing Bob Man, and he's doing this great story that he loves and he thinks is awesome. And he's got this huge fan base. But you have to tell him that you can't do that. You can't kill Bob Man's loyal retinue. You can't have his neck snapped on panel. You can't do that. But, you know, I mean, as a a publisher, I
0: mean, you could you could make those decisions. I know I know that if I were put in in charge uh, as a publisher of D.C., I would the first month it would have to be business as it was before because I'd be spending the first month visiting every department and them pitching me all their stories that they've been working on. So I have a grasp of, OK, which direction were you going now? Where should we go next? You know, what do we do right. when we hit the end of the road? Uh, so, yeah. I, and and I, again, I don't know. It was an interesting thing to put Jim Lee and Dan Dio as co-publishers of DC Comics. It was something that left a lot of people scratching their head when this was announced. What, six years ago? I think, Ashley, something like that.
3: Something like that. Yeah. Um,
0: Uh, But who's to say that you need to replace the co-publisher? Maybe Jim Lee just stays as the publisher of DC Comics. Uh, We Um, won't know. And I guarantee you we won't know probably until San Diego Comic-Con if they're going to make any big announcements um, as far as publishers. My guess is,
3: wouldn't that be awesome if they were just like, we're good.
0: I mean, yeah. they yeah. could. I mean, they be certainly pretty could. Rock and
3: roll, honestly. Like, I'd be wild impressed if DC was like, no, no, no certainly they we're could. We're good with Jim. Thanks, bye.
0: Certainly they could decentralize and they could say, look, we're going to put more faith in the editors of each of our lines. Yeah. Uh, you know, our is it the managing editors or the main editors of the Superman titles, the Batman titles, the Justice League and all that stuff. And we're going to just kind of let them do the thing that they want to do and see how that goes. I mean, that would well, certainly I mean, be an interesting change. I mean,
3: this is Warner Brothers, so that's definitely not going to happen. No, it probably won't. It and, would I love I love it when you say it. I love how it sounds. No, I mean, it just re- another... really
0: decentralizes and gives the power back to the editors to kind of yeah. have that that control of that freedom of really shaping those stories that they are most intimate with. And I don't another do know to...
1: yeah, another nightmarish aspect of the job, not just dealing with both the fans and with the people below you, but dealing with the powers that be and defending Mm -hmm. decisions Mm -hmm. to them and then having to go back and defend decisions to your underlings. It -hmm. just like, God, what what, what an awful job for something that's supposed to be fun.
3: Well, there's yeah, a reason yeah. why those jobs pay so well, mm. uh, like many jobs in the entertainment industry and it's it's basically hush money for <laughs> the nonsense that you have yeah. to deal with. and that's also you know sort of the downfall of working in a creative industry is people are, crazy yeah. yeah
0: and listen i i know nothing about what dc is planning to do next so don't come and ask me so what's gonna what's gonna happen to dc i don't know could be I business mean, you as ask, usual just won't be able to yeah tell you. I, I'll, I'll tell you it's probably going to be business as usual so does this mean that generation five is going to be canceled since that was dan's baby i don't know it may be too late this was supposed to be something that was already you know it's uh, the 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 trigger's Solicitations already been pulled
3: have to be done five months ahead that's almost a full half a year so free we can comic get book
0: day has already been solicited
3: we can get all the way to like July Gene, or August yeah. before anything is yeah. out. That's, that's, be, that's being worked on right now, even touches the shelf. Like yeah. there's so much time.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's, uh, we don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea. I can't speculate. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. You know, as far as I know, the, 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 the generation five stuff was stuff that's been whispered, uh, and rumored for the last year and a half, something like that, that we heard about w- what's going to happen, aging up the characters and, and doing stuff. We've already seen the wonder woman, uh, 750 issue drop. Uh, Flash seven fifty, I believe, drops next month, middle of next month, something Robin's like that.
3: Robin's birthday's coming. Robin's birthday My is coming. He's got angel. a big,
0: he's got a big 80th anniversary special. We'll see if anything happens with that. But I mean, those are the places where to look. But a lot of this stuff is, hey, we're steering a giant ship, mm-hmm. and uh, giant ships don't turn on a dime. It's uh, something that's going to take some time to to slide into. And that's the other thing. And then Ashley and I've talked about this before. I think Matthew and Rodrigo we have as well uh, the DC kids and the DC zoom, how it really didn't oh, get a chance to flourish as DC kids and Z- DC zoom before they're like, Nope, mm-hmm. we're just going to put this all into, uh, whatever the, the DC kids. It's, uh, called, it's
3: called kids now. It yeah. was called, I think ink and zoom before. And yes. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know which one was which. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So you know, <laughs> that didn't even get a chance to get off the ground before they're like changing stuff. So they can still change stuff before June. They could say, Hey, all you well, writers, gosh,
3: they got that new president. Remember? Cause, uh, Diane Nelson stepped down.
0: Yeah, that guy's been in that position for two or three years now, I want to say. But then there's been some other shakeups at Warner Brothers. I don't know. It, you, you can go look on Variety. That's probably a good source of reliable information. Uh, but I would say and we talked about this in the uh, major spoilers pre-show. Uh, be critical thinkers of the things that you're hearing online and people are talking yep. about and seeing if those things are are really believable or not. We also talked about Bob Iger being out at, uh, at D.C. or stepping aside and bringing in a new guy, or not at DC, at Disney, and stepping mm-hmm. aside. Those two things, Rodrigo, don't have any correlation with uh, one another, right? Bob Iger uh, being yeah. out and Dan DeDio being out doesn't mean that Disney is going to buy Marvel, right? Or that Disney is going to buy DC, right? I mean, they already bought Marvel. That was a nice Bob, job.
1: Bob Iger being out and Dan DeDio going out. It has nothing to do with how Batman was being written.
3: <laughs> Look, it let's has nothing to blame do with who needs to be blamed for this. Mercury is in retrograde and we're all just holding on for dear life.
0: Here's the thing that I can tell you. Dan Dio was not fired because of the, the Snyder cut. So there you go. Oh,
3: yeah. boy. If you, you said have, it,
0: if you have They're any gonna find questions, us now. that's fine. Find me. You, no, find don't me. Call them. Pri- find me. Find me. You guys no. know it's true. That is not the reason why he was fired and stop saying that crazy stuff. In the meantime, let's do some reviews. Matthew, what do you got uh, for us this week? looks like, oh, I speaking of DC Comics.
2: I don't want to be a part of a show. You said the S <laughs> word and now the people are going to come looking for me and I don't want I mean, to I can talk be
0: talking, to him. There could also be, we could also be talking about Scott Snyder. So, you know, I wouldn't say the S word.
2: Right. It's, a, it's the Donnie Snyder cut. The yeah. Snyders of
1: Hanover cut. There you exactly. go. Exactly.
2: <laughs> I love their mustard pretzels. Yeah,
0: those are pretty good.
2: See Rodrigo knows how to get me back on task and it's to mention food.
0: So, <laughs> always out. lead with a carrot and not by the stick.
2: Exactly. Now Write tell us down, your review.
0: Tell, you tell us your review right know now. That later.
2: <laughs> My review this week Wonder Twins number 12 of 12 from the Wonder Comics uh, slash dc Comics. Um, written by Mark Russell, who I loved his piano specials back in the 80s. Art by Stephen Byrne. And it is the final issue. It is the 12th issue of a six-issue limited series. And i got to tell you, there are two books on the stands right now that are on the 12th issue of a six-issue limited series. And sometimes you can tell, and sometimes you can't. This one feels like you can tell, but it also feels like you can tell in a good way. Uh, The final issue of Wonder Twins has Zan and Jaina basically having saved the day. They have taken care of all of the big problems. The only thing that they have to deal with now is the fact that the Justice League of America wants them to know that they are not actual members. And so their actions in trying to save the world were in fact inappropriate. And so they get a dressing down from a very square-headed Superman uh, who tries to tell them that they need to it's it's a you know a generation gap thing they need to follow the rules there's a process there are things you have to do to justify your actions and of course Jane is like fine sit here in your knitting circle and argue about the rules which leads to Hawkman saying to himself I like knitting which I think is probably the funniest line in the book. Um,
0: he's got those if, big nth metal needles
2: exactly. I love the mental image of that brings me so much joy. They just fly he actually knit the wings himself. <laughs> knit one pearl two step oh man
0: people. i want to see somebody send me a picture of someone who has knitted a hawkman or or hawkwoman cowl
2: get right bet, on that i folks. bet it's been done on i, be, I bet it has been you, in you a know power. what carl i know you're out there carl make you us knit one. us a hawkman suit
0: yeah knit, knit us a hawkman cowl that'd be awesome
2: now Back in 1989, Carl promised to make me a sweater. And I know I'm big, but I'm not that big. So there may be a little bit of a backlog for Carl's services. But anyway, somebody knit us a Hawkman. And uh, Lex Luthor is still a jerk. Lex Luthor does some things in this issue that causes some problems. And somehow, in the 12th issue of 6, we also get a brand new supervillain introduced. Just out of the blue, which I'm kind of fine with, I guess. I just...
0: Ah, uh, that's Just, why Dan DiDio was fired.
2: Yeah, that's why Dan Didio was fired. No, Dan Didio was fired because Gleek is in this issue, and Gleek flips out and attacks a guy and tries to rip his face off because he's a space monkey.
0: That's what monkeys do. Uh,
2: yeah, and then the kids panic, and they're like, they transform into a puddle and a pug. <laughs> now, there's a, there's, a, there's a person that I uh, talk to sometimes online who has this theory, and it goes like this. Some writers write things that they hate in order to make fun of them and transform them into something different. And I'm not saying that's what's happening here because transforming into a puddle and a pug while a silly image does actually, you know, resolve the situation. It, But it does seem like a moment where you could, you could come up with something different. And again, I understand that the whole point of this is parody. This is parody in the same vein as Russell's uh, work on The Flintstones. Yep. This is parody that's meant to kind of, you know, take the p word out of the cliches of comics which is fine but it also ends with a very earnest sort of hey you kids were right we're going to give you your own building and we're going to call it asterisk you know risk asked risk and you are going to have specific situations that you're in charge of looking out for and you're going to have a computer that allows you to do all these things and it's going to be awesome and you're going to be an official part of the justice league auxiliary reserve and it's cool. And it's another one of those moments where you get to the end of the book and you're like, man, I'd like to see more of this. And then the, the little cynical part of your brain that's been reading comics since 1982 says, and you never will.
0: <laughs> the funny thing is their first two recruits are going to be named Wendy and Marvin.
2: Probably. That yeah. would actually be awesome. But uh, all in all, the moral of the story is very ham-fisted. Uh, I love the twins together. I do love Zan and Jaina, and I love the fact that they have made Zan into kind of a a weird wannabe influencer kid, which is a cliche, but it's a cliche in a different way than what you'd expect from a Zan and Jaina story.
3: Matthew, don't talk about like, me like that. Hey,
2: hey, hey, <laughs> that's my wife you're bad-mouthing, <laughs> as far as anyone knows, but Yeah, uh, three out of five uh, slices of the magical meatloaf. It's got a character named Cell Phone Sylvia, which could add a star or remove a star, depending on how you feel. And even if people theorize that certain writers write things because they hate them and they want to either wreck them or fix them, it comes out being pretty solid. It's not my favorite Wonder comic series, but it's in the top three. And I think there are six Wonder comic series, so that means it's in the top half. That's kind of cool.
0: There you go. All right. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, Since we've been talking about DC since the beginning of the show, why don't we just continue the action with (laughs) Zatanna and the House of Secrets? Now, if I'm not mistaken, Ashley, this is one of those uh, aforementioned DC Kids comics.
3: Oh, it is because I sure am reading all of them.
0: Oh, that's nice. I've got I've got them all. I've got all the advanced ones that they've released right now, too, and
3: they're not too bad. Uh, this is the latest one that's been released came out last week this is from the line that is definitely for your younger readers so my criticism of it is the plot's pretty simple but it is written for 11 year olds and i haven't been 11 for like 10 years i'm very young so (laughs) i did reading it find it uh, to find the plot to be a little bit basic you get a young teenage Zatanna who, like, truly for the first time has all her clothes on, which is a thrilling development for me. And she's living in the house. She's living in this weird house with her dad. And they make Zatara visibly a person of color, which I just think is delightful. He kind of looks like a sexy, balding Ra's al Ghoul, which I'm very here for as an updated version of Zatara. So, Zatanna in this book has a very hot dad. And The whole book is illustrated by Yoshi Yoshitani, who is an artist who I have followed for years on Instagram and who I kind of know for drawing um, people with no clothes on. So to see their work on a children's book, I was like, I mean, I know it's going to be beautiful, but is everyone going to have their clothes on? And they have the most clothes on. So it works out okay. So even though I love their style, I was a little like, oh, I'm used to seeing people tied up. And here you are with. Zatanna wearing a high-necked shirt and pants. And she has a magical rabbit called Pocus, who is a Pooka. Uh, puka is a magical spirit animal across several uh, magic traditions. So I thought that was cool. It's pretty well-researched in terms of where the magic comes from, whether it's from a pre-existing tradition within the DC universe or whether it's an actual magic tradition that they're expounding on. And if listeners remember From my review of Raven, which was the Raven DC kids book was set in New Orleans. I really Mm -hmm. like well-researched witchcraft and this book does a great job at that. My favorite thing about it is that her villain is Clarion the witch boy. I love Clarion (laughs) because he's so great. I'm going to be him some year for Halloween, but that also means that Tickle is in the book. and Tickle is a little orange kitty and I have an orange kitty. So every time Tickle shows up, I was really happy. The plot turns on who is the actual uh, custodian of the House of Secrets because Clarion's evil witch queen mom wants it. So it is parent and child versus parent and child. And all Clarion kind of wants to do is like hold hands with Zatanna and be her friend. It's very, very sweet. It's a really cute introduction to these characters. It's beautiful. Uh, but like I said, I thought it was a little simple. Probably because it's for children's. So I will give it a four out of five. I found it to be delightful. And I hope this is one of the ones that goes into an ongoing series because yeah. the mystical corner of the DC universe, I think, is tragically unsung.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. So I'm curious, Zatanna and Clarion are the same age in this? They are. Okay. That because that But does... he
3: goes to a witch school and she goes to public school.
0: Oh, man. I'm getting mm-hmm. some Sabrina first season vibes here
3: uh i mean it's uh as someone who very much enjoys the sabrina show it's better rather than that.
0: oh okay all right hey i enjoy the sabrina show too so
3: yeah i love it but uh yeah all right well swenson's in season three it's great
0: all right uh i'm only still in the middle of season two but i'll get there i promise uh okay thank you for that ashley and let's see oh uh rodrigo what do you what do you got from us something from dc comics perhaps
1: <laughs> uh, I do not have something oh, from DC way
0: Comics way to go and this is breaker. why this is why Dan DiDio was fired
1: thing. yep <laughs> read your
2: emails come on man
1: yeah I know um, no I don't have something from DC Comics I have something from Action Lab
0: oh okay hey, hey I know uh, they're the ones that publish uh, Jupiter Jet
1: all true yeah.
0: and it's coming another volume coming out soon be on the lookout kids
3: yeah, keep your eyes on the
1: Studio Come on. Girl with a jetpack published by Dog with a Jetpack. Yes. Um so uh this is a a violent kind of thriller type.
3: Oh, that's the book. other side of the publishing. <laughs> that is the <laughs> this, other. This yes. would be the, the <laughs> danger,
1: danger Zone imprint. Yeah. Yes, This is the da- Action Labs Danger Zone imprint uh is what brings us this a uh, dark violent uh take on the kind of like 90s lone hero action genre um starring uh beaver like a, a talking cartoon beaver uh this is Mr. Beaver number 1 uh by uh Pablo Verdugo Muñoz uh Great both name. yeah both uh writer and artist um wow. and i mean that's kind of what it is it's this um action heavy uh like it it reminds me of um lethal weapon super cop that kind of thing but the main character is like a i don't know four foot tall cartoon beaver uh who is like very very intense and serious um he's the only beaver or the only talking animal that we see so far everybody else is like people um uh this is this book is also very sort of uh informed by uh, kind of anime and manga we find out that uh one of the basically mr beaver's motivation for being uh for working with the police uh because he's like a kind of a vigilante for hire and he gets like deputized to to uh solve a mystery is that he wants to track down the 12 And the 12, which he has tattooed, their symbols on his arms uh, are uh, very clearly uh, represented by uh, or or are representative of the Zodiac. So uh, if you're familiar with uh, astrology at all, you'll see his arms and you'll be able to basically tell um, that it's like Aries and Taurus and so forth. Mm -hmm. Lobo, such (laughs) flaring.
3: Lobo. Mm -hmm. The motorcyclist, of course.
1: Yeah, Lobo, the sign of the wolf, and then there's like asparagus. Yeah, I mean, if you ever if you ever want to have a good time, look at the Southern Zodiac, which doesn't really get a lot of play, but it's like toucan and like palm tree and stuff. It's like a lot more relaxed.
0: Lucky charms yeah. and
1: yeah. Uh, oh, what soft lucky charms. So um, uh, this book is violent, so you should know that going in. Very violent. Um and it's the sort of thing where uh if this was not a talking beaver if this was a person i would be like all right all right calm down like this is a little bit too much for this like guy to be like this awesome and good at things but you know because it's kind of a howard the duck type situation um, it it makes it a lot more palatable when our our hero is an unstoppable uh, badass. Also, uh, another anime trope is that uh, he went to a uh, like kind of a ninja school, and I yeah. think some of the twelve did as well. And that's kind of where he knows them from. Uh, it's th- there's a lot going on here. Uh, I'm going to give it four slices of meatloaf. Uh, I'm really interested in it. Certainly, that as as the series progresses could go up um i'm already like looking at the art and being like oh here's like a guy with like white hair like platinum white hair it's like oh and here's a different one are they related kind of stuff and uh, it's you know it's it's interesting there's a lot going on the art is very good i'm i'm really into it um and it transitions pretty seamlessly between what i feel are it's too big influence which is like hardcore like under siege type nonsense and anime nonsense. Uh, So I'm, I'm pretty interested in seeing where it goes.
0: All right. Very cool. Very, very cool. Uh, Out this week from dark horse comics is hidden society. Number one. Uh, And um, this is an interesting book. Uh, There's something weird going on. There's a world of, of magic and deities and demons and evil people and good people fighting for the light right alongside our normal world. And if you look close, maybe you'll be able to spot it and something is going on with monsters or something. And so a wizard who's been around forever enlists a group of magical people, a blind girl who has a demon. There's a young magician kid who I first, I thought was a somebody who was a short of stature until I realized, Oh no, this is like a 15 year old kid. And then there's a bounty hunter who goes out and kills people. Um, they all come together for a task. Problem is, in Hidden Society number one, we don't know what that task is because we're introduced in like four four different vignettes who each of the people are, who each of these main characters are. And we see them either performing magic or in the case of the blind girl and her demon. Uh, taking out some bad guys. In the case of the old wizard, we get a little bit with him. Uh, the young magician kid makes the Brooklyn Bridge disappear literally because of magic. And they're all brought together in this weird new world. And I'm not saying at the end, uh, someone says, you're really a wizard, Harry. Uh, but it kind of feels that way a little bit. Uh, it's a little <laughs> bit more adult because uh, in the beginning, the um, I forget what the girl is who is the, the bounty hunter girl. Uh, she just annihilates a guy uh, pretty graphically. Um, so I... That's what happens. We get introduced to these four characters. We don't know how they fit together in the world. We don't know what the big danger is uh, because that's where the issue ends. So it's interesting. I get an introduction to this world, which is kind of cool. It's not any different than anything we haven't seen already. Um, But I was kind of hoping that we would kind of say, the world is about to end and we need your help. And we don't even get that. Um, So it kind of did leave me scratching my head a little bit in this first installment if you are someone who likes magical comics, maybe you will uh, enjoy this. Um, if you know who Orcus is and you always picture him one way, uh, a little little short uh, demon probably is not the way that uh, that you pictured him. But that's how he's drawn in this book. But if you're someone who's into magic and the Harry Potter and the the uh, stuff. I think you'll probably enjoy this. And I think that the series will probably get better as it goes along. Uh, The art is by Raphael Albuquerque, and I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, So, um, you know, that's a plus right there. And it's enough to give this first outing of the Hidden Society um, four out of five slices of meatloaf. I enjoyed it enough. I wish there was a little bit more to the story or a little bit more given as to what what they're going to be going against. But I guess that's going to happen in issue two. So there you go.
2: Or maybe it'll never
0: happen. Maybe that's the hook. Maybe it will never happen. Maybe they'll go up against gangsters. Oh, no, that's already been done. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You guys know it snowed again today.
2: Not here. Not Not here.
0: did. Well, certainly not in California, but we got uh, quite a bit of snow. Not anything that's going to accumulate or keep us locked in the house for the (laughs) next month. But I do know that when I have to go start my car in the morning, I want my hands to be nice and toasty warm. That's why I'm going to go to Isotoner.com. And I'm going to use the checkout code MAJOR to get 25% off my order at Icetoner.com. That's right, M-A-J-O-R. That's the word you want to use at Icetoner.com. Get your gloves, get all your other uh, cool cool accessories, and uh, wear them. Wear them with style and pride and do all those cool things that you do. It'll get warm eventually, but then next year, first time it snows again, you're going to be able to put those, those gloves on and you're going to be able to go out in style. And you're going to save 25% when you use the checkout code MAJOR at isotoner.com nice uh let's talk motor crush volume one which is only the kind of the introduction i mean it does come to a big uh, cliffhanger but uh anybody want to disagree with me that this is not speed racer
1: uh no
2: i wait that's a double negative am i not not saying that is speed Racer?
0: I I i say motor crush is speed racer but on motorcycles and with drugs
1: well, it's. I mean, obviously, it's got some other stuff going on, but um, definitely, the moment Racer X shows up, yes, <laughs> I was, I was well, like, oh, great! You know, it's like it's not exactly Speed Racer, but it's got a lot of the tropes that make Speed Racer work, and that's, yeah, 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 that's cool. There's Crazy a races. races all uh, that stuff.
3: There's a lot of Sailor Moon too in the designs. Like, there's a character here who's, and I said this when I reviewed. One of the volumes a hundred years ago on this podcast is a character who is basically dark lady.
0: Mm, okay.
3: Uh, um, yeah. in their design.
0: Yeah.
3: Which so, is cool. It's a great design. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's
2: a lot of there's a lot of familiar elements in it. I would say that you know, having seen the uh, original I don't know that it's exactly Speed Racer, but it's definitely got a Speed Racer vibe. And, and that's I'm what I sure guess I'm getting There's at, like right. a sub a sub like section of manga. That is all about racing and competing that we just don't know the name of that. We're just going to call. I'm going to call it Maha. And that's clearly what this is. It's that.
0: So give us a rundown, uh, Matthew, of what what's going on in this story. First of all, we've kind of hinted that if you've seen Speed Racer, I think you're going to be up to speed on this. Um, ha. Huh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you
3: know, it, it is,
0: I feel like it's definitely inspired. Not that that is a bad thing. OK, <laughs> thank you. for Thank you for laughing at my jokes, Ashley. I appreciate it.
3: <laughs>
2: We have to be careful because animation costs money. Ha ha. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Well, uh, Domino Swift is a semi successful uh, motorcycle racer by day and a super successful underground murderous motorcycle racer by night who also has a strange addiction to something that is uncomfortably treated like drugs uh, throughout the whole issue uh, throughout the whole story and is basically trying to win her big race and also earn more drugs and figure out the backstory of how she came to be adopted by her father. And there's a lot of complicated stuff going on.
0: Uh, when, and then there's when, a l- when racer X shows up, it explains a little bit when the uh, mm-hmm. inverted uh, pyramid shows up, that explains a little bit. One question right. I have though. Uh, so the art in here is really cool. And the coloring in here is really, really cool. Uh, this, little, yeah. this crush is this really weird fuchsia pink glowy stuff that yeah, looks really looks cool amazing. on the page but i do have a question crush is something that you're supposed to put in your motorcycle right and that's what right. sets that's what sets domino apart from everyone else because she actually needs to inhale it to survive
3: or it's ingest basically it basically like more. poppers <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah and i didn't know if this was supposed to be like a nitrous that you put in your in your race car to make it go fast if that's what crush was and that's why it was uh, outlawed for the legal uh, motorcycle racing uh, or if there were actually other people who were out there huffing uh, huffing the crush
2: well the implication that I get uh, from that is that she is somehow part machine or not entirely human in yeah. a way that makes her part
0: machine I, I think the floating UFO sequence kind of uh, there's, let us there's know a that. lot
1: of things we don't know uh, so what we do know is that She is, as far as we know, the only person that can consume Crush and not die. Because we see it being force-fed to someone and they blow up in actually a pretty gruesome sequence. Um, So we don't know what Crush is or where it comes from. We don't know what the involvement of the inverted pyramid is. We don't know what uh, this mysterious racer is up to. But he has stated... Um, he, I believe, um, has stated that he is like her,
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he
1: knows that she's dependent on crush, and he even gives her some. Um, so uh, we we kind of there's there's still a lot of mysteries, but yes, uh, crush is something that goes into in your like gas tank. Mm-hmm. It's not something that people can drink, except she's some sort of strange, maybe. Uh, maybe she's half motorcycle. I don't know. Mm, um, she does have like a weird spinal thing. And I don't know if that's part of her outfits. Yeah. Or if does if it's that... like she actually has like a robot back.
0: Yeah. Now that was shown on, I think the cover of this volume, but nowhere in the issue does it come up. And so I'm wondering if there's a little bit too much spoiler on that cover for something that doesn't even happen until maybe volume two.
2: I think yeah, I that's
1: know. meant to be like brace armor. It looks like oh, it okay. might be kind of motocross armor.
0: Okay, all right. That's,
1: but that's that's kind of the problem when you have a very kind of distinct, like very uh, like uh, unusual rendered world. It's sometimes it's hard to tell. It's like is is this a normal human? Is that a normal human? Like uh, in like. Uh, um yeah it's just it's just difficult to tell because everything's so stylized you just kind of have to wait until either they tell you outright that this is not something that happens normally with people or that normal people don't have this or that that's a piece of armor and not a character's head um it, it it can be a little bit difficult when when things are so stylized and so cool that the world that doesn't necessarily, you you can't necessarily one-to-one say this is like it is in our world.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a very unique, I think it's a very unique book from the aesthetics, right? The, just the, the creativity that goes into, um, you know, the, each individual character, which is very unique. You know, you've got the very thin domino, you've got, uh, the, I'm guessing ex-girlfriend with the super Mm -hmm. wavy hair. Yeah. You've got, uh, the, the hotshot, uh, good-looking head of the entire race motorcycle race guy who's got very angular design, and then you got Pops, who's this, this big, wide, one-legged guy that's that's uh, bossing everyone around. Also
3: not fully human, yeah. like Domino.
0: Yeah, so it's 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 super cool uh from the art style. I think the story is pretty much straightforward too. Here's a girl that is you know, straddling both worlds and uh, she gets into a little trouble when her stash of crush is stolen and she makes a deal not only to get her ex-girlfriend out of trouble with the, with the mafia, but also to maybe get herself into, uh, in or out of trouble, uh, for trying to steal crush. And, um, it sets up, you know, this big race that she must win or lose or, uh, forever be in trouble. And then the end cliffhanger is she ingests a bunch of crush and shows up two two years later. Uh, from the story, I think was a very interesting cliffhanger for that. I was not expecting that in the direction that the story was going. And I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing. Part of me was like, oh, that's kind of a letdown because I wanted to see her go win the big race and save her, save her girlfriend and, um, you know, save the day. And then because she didn't show up for the race, apparently right. none of that happened. So, and her dad's maybe dead. We don't know. He's adopt ad- adopted father. Um, so we don't know. So I don't know. What did you guys think of that end? Was it just too much, too much too soon? Um, what what do you think there, Matthew?
2: I, I'm not entirely sure about the ending because again, as you said, and I think we've referenced a couple of times, it seems like one thing is happening in the first four issues. And then the fifth issue really turns everything on its head that is great that is something that i want to see more of in comics and i want to be surprised and i want the unexpected but the way it happens you get okay she drinks the 15 vials of crush and she's like woohoo i'm on a mountain dew buzz and then we get to that very last issue and it's just a big dun 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 and i don't know about you guys but i haven't seen any volume two of motor crush and i've You know, I read this a while ago and I'm like, I want to know what
0: happens next. So
2: it's a successful crossover or cross cliffhanger rather. It's a successful cliffhanger, but I don't know if it works for me
3: within the context of has been out For two years. So it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. You lie. Nope. It's June 2018. looking.
0: I'm looking at the Amazon page right now.
3: (laughs)
2: you
0: lying. Speaking of, if anybody I was like, wants to...
3: I'm pretty sure I reviewed it on Major Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Volume 3 is also out. So, oh, good. I'll uh, And, and, and speaking
0: of Amazon, uh, if you would, uh, head over to Majorspoilers.com, click on that Amazon link. You can buy Motor Crush Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3, however many volumes there are. It's not going to cost you anything extra, but Amazon reaches into Jeff Bezos' pocket and sends a little bit of that uh, billion dollars our way. If enough of you do it, <laughs> soon Jeff Bezos will go from being a billionaire to being a billionaire.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: Ashley, what did you think of it? What did you think of the ending of, of this Why? volume?
3: Why? No. Having yeah. um, in the past worked in a image comics publisher, I know that you are highly encouraged to end your first volume on a cliffhanger so that once they have purchased the 9 99 volume one, they will purchase the 14 Oh my gosh, two. I didn't
0: realize that until just now.
3: Yes, uh, that is a good old trick.
0: That is a good that, trick. Uh, Get the is, f- Give them a taste like, of the crush, and then yeah. they come back for more, and you charge them almost double the price. Brilliant. It's
3: not a rule, but it's definitely something that Image encourages people to do. So I would say if you're just going to be reading this first volume, it's a bit unsatisfying. It feels a bit like the end of Pirates of the Caribbean 2. You're like, wow, now I have to go read the rest of them. You've literally given me no choice. Um, But I read these issues when they were being released month to month. um, And the wait was a little, it was long, but it wasn't too, too long. Um, And it pays off in an interesting way. So I will encourage people if they liked it, but were frustrated by the ending, it is worth, it is worth continuing the read to see what happens after the time jump because it's pretty cool. All
0: right, Rodrigo, what were your thoughts on, on how this book ended? I mean, I really uh, like this idea that image is like, try to end it on a big cliffhanger so you can sell that next volume.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. Uh, the The cliffhanger doesn't really bother me too much. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like there's there were some things that were set up like it's like, oh, here comes the big race and everything. And it's like now it's two years later and it's like, I I, I know that you ha- they have to set up your expectations that so then they can smash them. Yeah. Um, but there's a difference uh, between like, we're setting up this cool idea of something that's going to happen, like a big, big, crazy, violent race, and then being like, but actually you missed it. (laughs) It's like that, that sort of expectation flip is not always fun. Mm -hmm. Um, where, where the book leads you to believe that something interesting is going to happen. And then it turns out that maybe something else interesting is going to happen, but He didn't get to see that interesting thing that it was setting up. Um, So that's really my only issue with the way that it ends. Um, uh, You know, time, big time jumps are uh, are a very powerful storytelling tool and it would be downright hypocritical of me to to criticize a a big time (laughs) jump. (laughs) Hashtag
0: critical hit, hashtag keep it cryptic.
3: I was going to say hypocritical.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Little critter. laughs> good one, Ashley. Uh, so if people are kind of wanting to know get a feel i mean i'm not saying it's a one-to-one kind of thing but if you're kind of wanting to know about um this creative team which is um uh, brendan fletcher and cameron stewart and babs tar they did uh batgirl they had a pretty good run in 2015 on batgirl so if you like that you probably will like And this was the Batgirl of uh, this is where she was wearing of Birdseye, where she was wearing the cool shoes and all that stuff. I really like the design by
3: uh, Cameron Stewart.
0: Yeah, I really, really, really like that. That design and that aesthetic and the way that they were going with that story um, worked for me. Uh, So if you are fans of that work, I think maybe you'll be a fan of Motor Crush Volume One. I liked how the story was being set up. I liked how everything moved. I liked the art. I like the conflict between all the people I liked. Uh, Domino Swift's uh, struggle that she had to do and making these decisions, everything lined up. Boom, 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 boom. I was just really shocked by the ending. That is the the biggest thing that I'm going to put an asterisk on there and say, eh, mm, eh, this is the one thing that is a little bit problematic to me. It does kind of make me want to go read issue two now or volume two so that I can see how does she deal with being gone for two years and what were the impacts and where's her dad at and all those other things. Um, so I enjoyed it. But um, I'd probably give it like three and a half slices of meatloaf out of it, just because of the ending. Everything else I thought was really good. Uh, if you're a fan of uh, Speed Racer, I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, I think if you're a fan of maybe even a little bit of Steven Universe in here, I think you might enjoy this. Uh, so yeah, there you go. I'll give it a I'll give it a go. Check it out. Recommendation. Um, Ashley, what is your final thoughts on Motor Crash Volume One from Image Comics?
3: I always really enjoyed Motor Crush. I think it is very, very cool. I think it's a little... It focuses a little more on Flash Mm,
0: mm -hmm. than
3: on story until a bit later in the series. But I think... I just think it's fun. And I don't need all of my comics to be deep and philosophical right i think that if any part of it appeals to you it's definitely worth checking out i like the creative team a lot um i like pretty much everything brendan fletcher does so i was in on this from the get-go and i'd highly recommend picking it up and support indie comics because it matters more that you support this than that you support batman because Mm -hmm. if you support independent comics you might actually save uh, a ceo from getting fired unlike with dc
0: (laughs) (laughs) wow wow the time bomb on that joke. Uh, Matthew, what are your final <laughs> thoughts on Motor Crush Volume 1?
2: This is Dan, and Dan is rapidly running out of time. Um, no, I I feel like for me, the ending wasn't the first time that things were intentionally subverted in a way that made me kind of go, oh. And while I appreciate that, and I feel like it's definitely a trick that writers can use and should use it's something that you know keeps every story from being the same joseph campbell was not in fact giving us a literal map for every single story it doesn't mean that if you don't follow the monomyth your story is bad ladies and gentlemen find the internet people who say that and punch them punch them right in the nose but i feel like there are three or four times where really interesting things are brought up added into the mix of the story and then just kind of And then we move on to something else. There's there's a, a phenomenon that I like to look at when it comes to a book is do I feel like it's driven by visuals or do I feel like it's driven by a story? And this one is driven by some gorgeous, gorgeous visuals. There's some really pretty pictures in here. Uh and when Racer X, whatever his name is, shows up and he does his little screech thing, and there's that half page of him doing the screech on his cool black bike with the pinky accents, I'm like, yeah. That's, that's my new wallpaper right there. <laughs> but story-wise, I was not satisfied with it. And I'm glad that Ashley claims that there, claims that there's a second volume out there, because I really want to read it to see if we get into that second volume and we still have that same feeling of not necessarily having the rug pulled out from under me, but having the rug moving away from me as I'm trying to step on it about three times during the story. So I liked it but I feel like I wanted more. This is kind of the trade paperback Mm -hmm. equivalent of that first issue. That doesn't quite feel like a satisfying full story. And I feel like that's a flaw, but it's not a fatal flaw here. It's definitely one that I want to come back for more, but I feel like, why did you do this to me? Why did you, why, why would you do this to me? Well, I've shown you nothing but love moto
1: crush. What are you doing?
0: Yeah, there you go, Rodrigo. Final thoughts from you. You get the final word this week.
1: Yeah, the really uh, it it looks real good. Um, it's it's very cool. Uh, the only thing that doesn't work for me is I feel like the book is like, well, our protagonist is on drugs, and here's uh, a trade paperback talking about how she's actually not, and it's okay that she is, and her dad's like okay with it because she's like a space alien or something. Um, but it's weird because they invoke that very powerful image of basically somebody who needs a fix really bad and they do it multiple times. And then they spend a lot of time kind of being like, but, but you don't know what's really going on. And I'm like, but this is a very visual book and this is what you're showing me. That's right. really the only issue that I have with it. Like you guys said, it looks super cool. This is worth picking up just for the art. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Babs a lot. Uh, she's, uh, She's got a lot of cool stuff online. I don't know if you guys ever saw that, like Sailor Moon redesign, where they're all like biker chicks. Mm -hmm. It's just fantastic stuff. And and you see a lot of that style here in the book. So like I said, it's worth it. It's worth it just for the art.
0: All right. There you go. Thank you, Rodrigo, for being on the show this week. Where can people find you on the onlines?
1: Uh, You can find me at Fearsome Critter on Twitter, mostly.
0: All right. And Matthew, where can people find you?
2: Find me at Mighty King Cobra. Uh, watch around my lunchtime, uh, 11 p.m. Uh, or 11 a.m. Central Time, and see if weird stuff happens on my Twitter.
0: All right. And Ashley, what about you? You got a lot of things going on.
3: Sure. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ashley V. Robinson. Please send me cute pictures of Robin. That always makes me super happy. You can find Geek History Lesson in the Major Spoilers podcast feed. This week we did a retrospective on Avatar The Last Airbender because it's 15 years old and that's horrifying. And uh, you can find me in real life if you are in Los Angeles performing at the Hudson Theater in the Wallace Studio Ensemble's production of Lucid. It's great. Uh, I take off all my clothes and not in a fun way, in a scary way. Please come see it. We're closing this weekend.
0: All right. That wraps it up for this issue. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being part of the Major Spoilers experience.
3: As always, we love to hear
2: your feedback. So use the comments section at Major Spoilers to share your thoughts and reactions to this episode.
3: Or even better, send us an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com.
1: And don't forget, you can support this show and everything we do by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash Majorspoilers.
0: And we will be back next week because we know that you love comics and we do, too. And we will talk with you soon.
1: Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill
2: you. I don't care if the Hulk could defeat the Man of sleep.
0: They bring back craving, And I don't care if Spider-Man's a clone This podcast is copyright 2020 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.
3: Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax.